Hello and welcome to Fell in Love with a Hound, the podcast for people who love greyhounds. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Fell in Love with a Hound. I'm your host Laura Jane and thank you for listening. Before I introduce you to this week's guest, it's been pointed out that I really should be encouraging you lovely listeners to like and subscribe and share and all of those other things. So there we go, I've done it. So we can talk about greyhounds now. (laughs) The topic of today's episode is that of vets and their knowledge of greyhounds and sighthounds in particular. When I first thought about reaching out and talking to a vet, the PDSA was the first organisation that popped into my head. The PDSA is a UK charity which has been operating for over 100 years and is there to help animals with veterinary care in their time of need. When I reached out to them, they put me in touch with a wonderful vet called Fran Neve who agreed to have a chat with me about vets and greyhounds. Despite technical issues, which I do feel like I say every episode, (laughs) we finally managed to see and hear each other for long enough to have a chat. If the audio in this episode is not quite as good as previous episodes, it's because it was all done through the wonder of iPhones and two very determined women who are not going to miss out on the opportunity to talk about dogs. (laughs) So here is the newest episode of Fell in Love with a Hound and I hope you enjoy the chat. So after some technical difficulties, (laughs) I'm pleased to say that I'm on the phone now with Fran Neve from PDSA. (laughs) Thank you very much for your patience, Fran. No problem at all. Thank you for having me on the show. No problem. Um, Yeah, so basically I wanted to do a bit of a chat about um, greyhounds and vets. Um, You know, what kind of um, what kind of issues are typical with greyhounds, that kind of thing. So I thought I would reach out to the PDSA because I know them as a veterinary organisation. Um, but maybe for people who aren't aware of the PDSA, could you maybe tell us a bit more about what they actually do? Absolutely, yes. Um, so PDSA are um, a charity that was set up during the First World War by um, an incredible lady called Maria Dickin, who saw how many animals were suffering during and after the First World War and that people really needed help with the treatment costs for their pets. Um, So that's how we were founded. And since then, um, we've continued to grow. And over over 100 years later now, we are very proud to be the UK's leading veterinary charity. Um, So we we run 48 pet hospitals uh, dotted all over the country. We treat just under half a million pets every single year. And um, what's amazing, I think, about our our organisation is that PDSA services, they cost us um, over £60 million a year. And that's entirely funded by charitable contributions. So we get no government funding. Um, Oh, wow. I didn't realise that it was 100% um, contributions, donations, charitable. Wow, that is really amazing I mean I actually have a memory of um my dad who's no longer with us and I used to go bargain hunting on a Saturday and there the best bargains were always found in the PDSA shop in our <laughs> local town so I have very fond memories of the PDSA and thinking well I'd rather buy my books or whatever from here and make Absolutely. it to the animals so do you still have PDSA shops across the country yeah, so we've still got our charity shops dotted around. You'll see them on the high streets all over the place 
yeah yeah absolutely fantastic so you yourself obviously um work for the PDSA now I'm right in saying you you are a vet um but you also have a couple of other strings to your bow do you want to tell us a bit more about yourself and what you do Absolutely. Yeah. So, yes, I'm a vet. Um, I live in Bristol and I work at the moment for PDSA um, Veterinary Writing. Um, So I have been doing this job now for a year and a half and I am writing and helping to set up a a brand new area of our website called the Pet Health Hub, um, which is a a resource for the general public to use and find out it's basically all things pet health so if you um, need to know something about uh, a symptom or a condition that your dog cat or rabbit has been diagnosed with that's the place to go I write for that website so fantastic veterinary information free of charge online for anyone who needs it that's a really good idea because um, Dash is our very first dog never mind greyhound but very first dog and you have this responsibility of I need to keep you alive I need to keep you healthy (laughs) and happy and you know something goes wrong and you google symptoms and you're going to get 20 different answers for what you've googled so the idea of there being a hub where you have specialist knowledge people who know what they're doing have been doing it for a hundred years uh and, you know, are actually telling you the right answers. That is such a good idea. That's our aim. Yeah. So yeah. everything's written by vets and vet nurses. Um, and yes, it's reliable, factual information that you can you can trust um, on a, a huge range of topics. But it is um, it's ever growing and it's in its infancy at the moment. So there's lots and lots of information on there. But there's a lot more to come. As you can imagine, there's, there's a lot to write about. <laughs> amazing amazing no definitely um, um we've had dash for about a year and a half now and unfortunately we're on first name terms with our vet because she's been, <laughs> she's been quite accident prone as i think oh, humans can be um how important is it to have that kind of good relationship with your vet really important for both parties i think you know it's lovely for as a vet to have a good relationship with with your clients um because if you can if you get to know your your clients and their dogs you know you can it's much easier to diagnose and treat because the dog trusts you the owner trusts you you trust the owner um you know it's it's really important i think yeah no definitely i think it makes a difference when the dog's dog is going into the surgery and already can be quite stressed if it's a face absolutely that they recognise it makes a difference as well. So, so do you yes. have any anim- Do you have any animals yourself? Oh, do you know what? Sadly, at the moment, I don't. My lifestyle mm. doesn't um doesn't lend to having a dog or a cat at the moment. Um, but my my last dog was a beautiful little black and white lurcher called Rue. Um, so he was a oh. wickety little small one. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And I just adored him. So my next dog will absolutely be um, a sighthound type breed, for sure. <laughs> so and you're a fan. Be... Fantastic. I absolutely am. <laughs> I, I love them. <laughs> and do you find when you're dealing with kind of greyhounds, lurchers, sighthounds, that kind of thing, are there any kind of common medical problems that they, they kind of come in with? 
What I love about sighthounds is that they're generally a really healthy breed. Um, so in terms of um, in comparison with other breeds, other pure breed dogs, they've been bred for um, health and fitness, not aesthetics. So mm -hmm. they tend to be very, very healthy dogs um, and they don't have these inherited um, issues that, that other pedigrees do. Um, However, there are a few there are a few things that do crop up. Um, you mentioned that Dash gets a fair few uh, injuries. Um, yes, she's pretty much. They say that owners and their dogs are alike, and we're both very accident prone. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. She's so had. Um, she's had. Uh, she fractured her hawk, her kind of back yeah. hawk, and she was in bandages for a very long time. She's had dental work. She's had a corn removed. She's had <laughs> tears and rips, of course, with her skin being so fragile. She's had various different things. So we're getting much better at kind of patching her up at home if it's not too bad when she yeah. gets a bit excited and, and has mm. a wee rip or something. Um, mm. But yes, it's... Um, She's definitely accident prone. <laughs> so if you were seeing greyhounds kind of in, in your surgery, um, is it that all those kind of things that you're kind of seeing them for the most? Yeah, it's funny that you, you've mentioned I pretty much I think I'm going to repeat your list. So <laughs> Dash has done well. Um, I would say one of the most common things we see um, in greyhounds and any sighthound type breeds is is dental disease so you know if you own a sighthound you'll know you'll be quite familiar with smelly breath because they they do have a bit of a tendency to to build up plaque and tartar on their teeth which then leads on to to dental disease and gum disease that's really common so taking good care of of their teeth is really important um and then there's far as other other common medical complaints um skin injuries because their beautiful soft um but very thin skin does yeah. tend to tear quite easily um so snags and tears are really common um especially as they are when they're out and about and they decide to go for it they're really high energy dogs so if they do bump into anything or anyone um it's at high speed and high yeah. impact um <laughs> and that leads us on to the next Sort of most common things I would say sprains strains sadly sometimes fractures and breaks claw injuries um are, are common and then later in life as a result of <laughs> said injuries or high impact exercise osteoarthritis so, so arthritis is is fairly common as well in in these dogs okay so just going back to the start of the list there because that was that was yeah. a quite a list unfortunately um so when it comes to dental is there anything that we could be doing as greyhound owners sighthound owners to improve our dog's dental health is, should we be brushing their teeth every day you know what would you actually suggest yes. that we do yeah i mean absolutely if you can brush your dog's teeth every day i know it sounds like a big chore um but it can really really make a big difference the um the dogs that I see who have their teeth brushed every day or at least three to four times a week, um, they have significantly better teeth than, than those that don't. Um, so, yeah, if you train your dog to let you brush their teeth 
it's it's not that much of a chore it's the initial training and making sure it's a positive experience for your dog that that can take the time once you've done that it's it's well worth it I would really advise it yeah Um, yeah I suppose it must be quite difficult as a dog somebody coming towards you with a toothbrush when you've never had one near your mouth before that must be quite um, intimidating um we use the uh, dental kind of chews she gets one of these every day is that something that could be useful if maybe your greyhound won't let you near their mouth are they still a kind of viable option yeah it's i mean the dental chews, quite honestly, unless um, there's a new brand, a new product that's out there that lasts a little bit longer than the um, the older products, um, and they tend to be a little bit better because they're abrasive for a bit longer. They don't guzzle them down in in ten seconds. Um, but generally, I would say there's nothing that quite beats brushing your dog's teeth um, and using. You, there's there's a few products out there um, such as doggy mouthwash that you can put in their water um um, certain seaweed products that um dissolve the plaque on the teeth there's no absolute proof that these work but i've in practice i've seen sort of evidence that they do tend to do some good you know um but yeah although the list sounds long in terms of the health issues actually um genuinely it's what i love about greyhounds the most is that they are they are generally very healthy dogs and yes dental disease can be a pain but if you can keep it's something you can keep on top of you know Mm -hmm. yes and it's kind of preventable as well if you do keep on top of it and and get your polishes and that kind of thing so um, yeah you'd also mentioned something that i'm going to have trouble pronouncing osteoarthritis yeah Yeah, i should have just called it arthritis it's a long arthritis as we know it and so obviously we're used to our greyhounds and our sighthounds being very leggy they're the supermodels of the dog world so is that because they do have such kind of long limbs is that you know to do with the arthritis or is it because they're so speedy or how why do you think that's a problem in particular yeah so i mean uh, do you know what? Most breeds of dogs um, will will suffer with arthritis as they get a lot older, as as do we. You know, um, it is a bit of a hazard of getting older, um, but we do see it quite a lot in greyhounds and sighthound type breeds. And I think that's probably because they are such high energy dogs. So when they run, a lot of impact is going through their joints. Um, you know, they're strong dogs and they run really very fast. Um, so their joints do take, yeah, quite a battering through their in their younger years, and, and that mm-hmm. can that can definitely lead yeah. on to arthritis. Mm-hmm. Saying that, you know, I, I certainly would not advise that people stop exercising their dogs or letting them run like mad because it, they love it and that's what they're, you know, that's what they're they they need to do so I think it's just being sensible and and things like not chucking balls for them on concrete um or not you know not exercising them letting them do their zoomies on on really hard hard surfaces perhaps take them to a field or a beach instead and uh that's a really good way to try Mm -hmm. and prevent prevent arthritis from developing no definitely I always think with greyhounds they're kind of a hundred percent dogs if they're yes. sleeping, if they're sleeping and snoozing, they're a hundred percent sleeping. But if they're running, they're a hundred percent running. <laughs> Absolutely, they not are. Not really any yeah, in between. All or nothing. No. <laughs> um, and also, just we were talking about kind of on 
uh, softer surfaces. Um, yeah. I'm seeing more and more um, greyhounds seeming to develop kind of corns on their, mm-hmm. their paw pads. Is that something to do with them be walking on hard surfaces? Is that kind of the issue or is that a different reason for that? Yeah, so corns, um, they are a fairly common problem in sight hounds. And we, it's something we really don't see in any other breeds, to be honest. I mean, the odd, you might find the odd one, but mm-hmm. I've one in, an, in another breed. Um, so uh, to give background to anyone who doesn't know what a corn is, it's just a it's a really small area of very hardened skin in one of the pads, like you said. Um, and they form in a a cone-like shape so it's almost like getting a really 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 small ice cream cone and pushing it into your dog's pad and it's a solid little thing so it feels to them like a stone in their in their foot Um, yes very very painful um and um yes I, i mean we aren't as a veterinary profession we're not entirely sure what causes them to develop but uh, the, we think that the most likely cause and that most of them form because of the way that the greyhound is formed. You know, if you think about their anatomy, they're very long, thin, bony um, dogs with very little padding anywhere on their body, including in their feet. So the the bone in the toe is very, very close to the pad and, and the floor. So when they <laughs> they go, you know, full speed and run fast their foot's going to be hitting the ground with a with a really quite a great big impact and and yes that we think that that could possibly be why they form so commonly in greyhounds Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of pressure put on those little little tiny pads yeah i guess that makes sense especially because they do run so fast that makes sense that they are the the breeds that tend to have them more than than any other breeds as well so yeah yeah. yeah, no, definitely. So yeah. just if you don't mind going back to the, the PDSA and the yeah. work that, that you guys do, um, obviously, you know, as pet owners, we're encouraged to have pet insurance and, you know, just to kind of guard against um, any financial issues, which inevitably pop up when you are a dog owner or any kind of pet owner. Um, obviously, with the PDSA, you're there to kind of as a safety net maybe help support people who maybe can't afford insurance or or can't afford any treatment um so if somebody was in need of the pds's help can they just turn up at a hospital do you need to apply how does that kind of process work yeah so we've got um on our website, uh, pdsa.org.uk, we've got an eligibility checker, um, which is a really easy way to find out whether you are eligible for PDSA care. Um, so if you visit the website, um, find our eligibility checker, um, and you just need to pop in your postcode and um, some details about yourself, it, it will tell you exactly what you're eligible for. Um, so generally, you need to be in receipt of certain government benefits to receive the veterinary care um, PDSA provides. Yeah. No, I mean, it's great that you do have that because as much as it kind of the same as doctors for humans, you don't necessarily want to see your doctor on a regular basis. But it's good to know yeah. that they're there if you really you know, do need them. And it's the same for vets. You don't necessarily want to build up a one on one relationship with your vet, but it's good that you can do that. And also, we all know vets love animals as much as we do. 
you know, they are there because they want to help and they're here. They're there for the good times as well as, unfortunately, the bad times. Um, and I think just having an understanding vet who explains things clearly can make such a difference to owners of animals that can find it very intimidating, I think, being in a, a vet's room and not understanding the the terminology and that kind of thing. Do you think it's important yeah. that kind of plain English is used for that kind of thing? Absolutely. It's it's vital because if you don't, if your clients don't understand what you're telling them and you're, you know, you're using too much jargon, um, which you understand and your colleagues understand, but your clients don't, then you're not going to get the, you know, it can be just as frustrating for us because we then might not see the, the response in treatment because, you know, you the, the client hasn't understood quite what you've told them so yeah yeah absolutely and and that's part of you know our sort of philosophy at the PDSA we you know even if you're not eligible for our care um, we are trying desperately to sort of spread our services across the country and um, my job is exactly that so so that the information that I provide online is plain speaking um pet health advice um that i hope anyone can you know can it, yeah. it will relate to anyone and um yeah be very useful and that's vital as i said before i think that resource is vital for people because it is scary not knowing what's wrong with your pet and just wanting to i think we would all take the pain away if we could you know when our pet's not well you wish you could just take it away from them um so yeah. it's vital to have that resource as well so if we want to help support the pdsa um is there any ways in particular that we can we can do that yeah absolutely um we are very grateful of any support that anyone gives us no matter how big or small um and that can range from doing a fundraiser um, to just donating or shopping in our charity shops um, to um, we've got a service at the moment going an offer of a free will writing service um, in in hope that that will encourage people to leave a little bit in their wills um, to the PDSA so a lot of our our funding comes through legacies and um, mm -hmm. If that's something that anyone would be interested in, then please do visit our website. Um, and on the website, you can just make off a one-off donation as well if, you, if you'd like to do that. Fantastic. It's just when you're talking about that kind of the wills, um, I think a lot of people don't think about that kind of thing. And yeah. then, you know, and then they would have maybe have liked to help in some way before they passed on. So I think that's a really nice idea that you could just maybe make a donation knowing that it's going to be there when maybe you're not anymore. So. Yeah, no matter how big or small, it, you know, it, it all absolutely all adds up and makes yeah. a difference. So with the website then, is it pdsa.org.uk? Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely Excellent. correct. And yeah. obviously, when before we were having our chat, I was having a look at different social media channels, which you seem to be across... There seems to be a lot <laughs> yeah. of content if people are interested. And again, it's yeah. really, and I will kind of link all of those in the, the podcast description. But again, it's quite good to see uh, what goes on almost kind of behind the scenes in a, in a vet, um, a, a vet charity as well. Uh, it kind of demystifies and make, makes it maybe not quite as scary 
for when you do have to go along to the vet because you're normally going along because you're worried about something. So I think seeing, yeah, seeing those behind the scenes pictures just uh, makes life a bit easier, I think, for us worried pet owners. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's that. The, it's really important to yeah for us to show you guys what we're doing and and it, it enables that connection to grow even stronger between um, owner and vet. Um, if you can you know understand what goes on behind the scenes and yeah, there's there's no secrets. It's um, we're all here because we want to help and get pets better when they're poorly and yeah it's really nice to be able to share some of those success stories on social media and and you know the world of social media enables that and means that you can get a little insight into what we do yeah that's fantastic I would say as well in terms of um going to the vets is you know absolutely we understand that um owners are pretty much always unless they're coming in for their vaccinations or something routine they're always worried when they come into the vets and if there's ever a time that you don't understand what your vet has told you or you're just not quite sure just tell them they'll quite happily explain it again and again and again um or direct you to someone that can explain it a bit better or you know just just say um because yeah we we definitely would never want anyone to go away feeling like they don't understand what what's been said or they don't understand the dogs or cats or rabbits condition mm-hmm. no that's a really good point i think it is just if you're not sure just ask i think that's a Absolutely. good a good uh, motto to live by in life in general <laughs> yeah definitely definitely <laughs> well i have a feeling that after this episode goes out there'll probably be maybe a second episode because i'm sure people will really want maybe to ask some more questions maybe um about kind of greyhound health so i might become knocking on your door again <laughs> in the future i'd be very but thank you very much for your time it's been really interesting to talk to you and just to kind of get an insight on how the pdsa works and also just talking to a vet is always really interesting because i'm sure you've got many stories um but it's just always really interesting to hear about somebody who who studied and is an expert in these things um so thank you very much for your time i really really appreciate it um and thank you for putting up with all the technical issues (laughs) Not a problem at all. Thank you so much for inviting me to talk with you. Um, Brilliant. It's been a pleasure. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. A big thank you to Fran from the PDSA for taking the time to answer all of my questions. This podcast has been such an amazing opportunity to talk to people who are knowledgeable and passionate about animals and Fran is a fantastic example of that. She was wonderful to talk to and I could have asked her questions for hours. As Fran said, we're lucky that greyhounds are, generally speaking, a strong and hearty breed. And while we hope that our dogs are always going to be in good health, it is really good to know that people like her are there to help us when we need them. If you want to find out more about the PDSA, you can visit their website on pdsa.org.uk and they're also across social media on Facebook at PDSA, Twitter at PDSA underscore HQ and Instagram at Team PDSA. Thank you again for listening. I have lots of interviews lined up in the coming weeks covering various greyhound, sighthound and dog related topics. So keep your ears open for the next episode. And in the meantime, give your hound a hug from me.